Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the twice-weekly podcast celebrating the world-famous radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live on Fridays. We bring you all kinds of entertaining appreciation shows. But on Mondays, we are about the business of recapping the previous week of TVTL. And due to Christy and whatever that guy's name is, wedding celebration, and the luck of Bobby and Meredith being able to go to that party, we found ourselves a little short-staffed this week. Of course, I have the lovely and talented Ann Lundholm joining me from New Brighton, Minnesota. Hello, Ann. Hello, Mike. But to fill in the gap is a friend and a 10 from way back. She has appeared on this show once and in my life a bunch of times. <laughs> And she's always a delight. It's Hillary Livingston Butler. Hello, Hillary. Hello. Thanks for having me. I've been trying to get you on for a while, but... I know, and yeah. I've been sort of stalking it all, so <laughs> I'm, I'm happy you finally had me. We finally uh, got got a, a gig together that took so many of our members away that I could, I could get you on. <laughs> so I was pleased about that. If not, um, you know, I wish I could have been up at the big celebration where... Uh, yeah, I know Ann does too. I think we were all a little had some FOMO this weekend. Uh, I don't know. It didn't look that cool. <laughs> As the reports were coming back uh last night at the at the celebration, Jen was there. There was a big bowling thing on Friday and we got all kinds of pictures all weekend of, of Bobby's adventures and Meredith's uh Meredith having to sit through a jazz festival at the <laughs> Woodenville Winery. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part, I think. Uh, I tried to give her some advice. I told her, just put in your earbuds. The, the winery's huge. You know, just grab some wine. I was going to say, there's away wine. From the jazz. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll get a full report from them. Um, I may hold my hands over my ears because I can't stand not being the cool kid. But uh, we'll get a full report from them, if not on the uh, Friday show, definitely next week on the recap. We're going to uh, do a little LRB business today, though, because we have a new person and we want to uh, to get to know her. We'll do, of course, our weekend review and we have housekeeping and how to get involved. Anne is going to take us through the LRB business today, though. Uh, Anne, what do you have for us? Well, we got to know Hillary a little bit when she was on previously, but that was a long time ago. And what? so we would like to find out a little bit more about you. So you have a few things, not 25 things, I understand, <laughs> but a few things that we do not know about Hillary. Well, I mean, I'm not that interesting to have 25 things. It would be really like getting down to the nitty gritty with 25 things. So I have seven things that are moderately interesting about me. <laughs> um Okay, so the reason I kind of was thinking about this because a while back they were talking about like Ted Cruz did a 25 things you don't know about me in Us Weekly. And so the guys went over it, whatever, six months ago. And one of them was that Ted Cruz was on like level, I don't know, 390 of Candy Crush. And Andrew said, oh, well, like what a nerd. I'm, not, I'm only on like 25. This guy's like really good at this. What a nerd. I have finished Candy Crush. <laughs> Several times, so oh yeah, because they keep coming offended. out with updates, right? Uh, yeah, they have updates, so you're like, yeah, get you, to the you're, end. You're someone who's actually waiting for the next. <laughs> yes, it's like come back later. That's me. Oh my gosh, I know. You know, I mean, not this is not to get like too uh, mommy and gross, but you have to pump sometimes at work, and it's really boring, and you have one hand free. So that one hand was playing Candy Crush. Mm. Um, I thought Candy Crush was just an infinite loop somehow. I, it, well, I mean, when, you know, when you don't 
focus a lot of time and energy. It is. <laughs> I but... think, for, yeah, for most people it is. I think uh, Emily's still into it. She still plays it, but I don't think she's at the end of it. I played it for quite a while. I think I had, I was up over a thousand levels or something, but wow. uh, eventually yeah. I, I, I dropped off, but she's still doing it, but I don't think she's at the end of it like you. That's oh, really sad. I know sometimes I'm like proud, but then also I can't believe I've spent <laughs> so much time doing this when I have two like pretty small children as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a good mom. Um, so that's number one. Uh, like I said, I have two kids. I have a husband and a dog who Mike loves. Yes. Um, but again, mostly all I want to do is be alone. And it's like, I, I have created a <laughs> lifestyle around me that it doesn't, I can't do that ever. Actually this weekend I'm sort of alone and it's amazing. I do miss my mm-hmm. kids, but it's amazing. Um, I'm, obs- this is something that's like, the guys have never talked about it. I've tried to prod them to do it for a uh, song of the weekend, but they won't do it. I'm obsessed with Hamilton. It's really dorky and it's kind of basic, but I'm kind of I'm obsessed with it. Have you seen it? No, because I'm not a billionaire, so <laughs> I can't see it. I've tried. I'm actually going to Chicago to see it, which is sort of second tier, but we could get tickets for a decent price. Um, but no, I have not seen it. You're not taking the kids, are you? No, my God, oh, no. God, Good. no. I'm going with my I- sister. No. Um, so that's number three. Um, number four is going to hurt Mike's feelings. Okay. I love sports. Like I, I grew up in Texas. I have two brothers and a dad. I love sports. My mom loves sports. Uh, I really love football, obviously, cause I'm from Texas, but I'm a new England Patriots fan. So. Oh, come on. I know. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> come sorry. on. I was prepared for you to be a Dallas fan. Cause he grew up in Dallas. I was like, okay, I have to grant her that. Well, okay. But- so the deal is, is that, so I'm from Dallas and obviously I'm sort of a fair weather Cowboys fan, but they've been such garbage that I just like can't even focus on them. Anyway, so my dad was a huge Cowboys fan, is a huge Cowboys fan. My mom grew up in DC partially. So she's a, what do they call it? The team from Washington. You're right. Uh, she's, I mean, so it is like the days that they play, it's ugly in my house. Like my parents don't talk to each other. My mom will flip my dad off. Like it's not cute. So anyway, <laughs> it opened me up to being kind of a, you know, drafted into a fandom and my husband's from Boston and New England's really good <laughs> but I am a fan I'm not even just a Fairweather fan I am a really big fan of theirs and I'm sorry yeah well I also yeah it's probably pretty easy to because your your husband being from Boston yeah I mean like it's a family thing you yes. have New England fans I I guess I can I know it's that. sort of it's sort of against the rules to kind of hop, but you know it's when I was younger I wasn't that much of a sports fan, but it was on so much any sports were on so much when I was growing up that once I left my household that I, I kind of missed it, so mm-hmm. I found my way back. But I'm actually a fan of all sports. The guys at my office are constantly surprised that I know more than they do about sports. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, and by the way, yes. I would prefer it if you would refer to them as the Washington R words. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. That's it. That's it. Um, that's makes me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So that's number four. Number five, I met my husband at the mall and not when we were 16, we were in our twenties and thirties. So that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Um, and you were working at the mall. We were working at the mall, but right. it's still a little bit Aww. kind of, I know it's very cute. It's still a little embarrassing, but cute. Um, all right. Number six. My only true talent is that I can't name all the presidents in a row. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know, that's for your interest in Hamilton. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I was kind of a theater nerd, but, um, 
I probably had something to do with it, but that's like, I, I'm not good at theory. I was a political science major. I was not good at like theory or anything. I could just memorize, just rote <laughs> memorization. I got right. it. Um, and then the last thing is that uh, my grandfather was three cars behind Kennedy when he was shot. Um, I have my suspicions that he was involved, but nobody has confirmed this. <laughs> was, your, was your grandfather secretly a hater of Kennedy? <laughs> well, he worked for hater? Johnson. Excuse me. He worked for Johnson. Um, oh. Yeah. So if you Google his name, whatever, of course I have. There's like some deep dive crazy conspiracy theorists that say he had some other guy killed that was involved. I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, if you're crazy, you start thinking about the it always goes back to the Kennedy assassination. So, mm -hmm. uh, that he, there is mention of him, but your I, grandfather wasn't Johnson's tailor. Was he? <laughs> no, 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 he was not. Though my mom was like, Oh yeah, I remember when all of that stuff happened. Um, but yes, yeah, so those are the interesting things about me. They're oh, very no. interesting. Yeah. I'm sure we could get to 25 if we really tried. If we really, really dug. <laughs> we probably deep. will today. <laughs> well, now I thought that since we were getting to know things that we didn't know about Hillary, that maybe Mike and I should also bring one thing that you didn't know about us to the table. Yeah. Which we knew in Mike's case would be a little bit difficult since he's um, put his whole entire life out on the airwaves, so to speak. But you said you came up yeah, with something. Yeah, I'm well over 200 podcasts into talking a lot about it myself. So I, I guess I could I can reveal something that uh, I'm sure uh, Emily would like me to reveal to the world since she thinks everyone thinks I'm so perfect uh, because I put put a good face out there. Um, I, I brush my teeth at night before I go to bed and I do it in uh, her bathroom and... Um, she doesn't appreciate the way I uh, I put my mouth all up on the all up on the <laughs> spigot or what you know whatever you and I get toothpaste all over that and all over the sink and uh, I think she almost daily curses me and and hates me for that even though I don't have a lot of disgusting habits I have very few and she has a lot of them <laughs> she has a lot of disgusting habits well why did you why don't you change this habit. I well, here's the thing. I get yelled at, you know, maybe once every couple of weeks for it, and I clean up the behavior for <laughs> for a few nights, and then it, you know, you know how you slip back, Ugh. and you just start being gross again, and you know, it's a cycle, and I'm, I wish I could get out of it. Wait, but, but do you uh, have like your own bathroom that you can use? I do, but uh, the bathroom that that I use is the master master bathroom attached to the bedroom. So I I brush my teeth in her bathroom, which is up towards the front of the house, um, so that I won't disturb her when I am brushing my teeth before bed. Oh, okay. And so there, oh. therefore, I toothpaste up her sink and <laughs> and get her super mad when she goes to take her shower the next morning. Old toothpaste is so gross. It is gross. I agree it's gross. <laughs> but she has so many gross <laughs> Sweet Emily, but I, she doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, so so when she's getting mad about about it, I'm I'm try I try to be conciliatory. I try to apologize, uh, but it's really difficult because when she's doing when she's complaining about it, she's like she has her one hand on the door jam of her glass house, leaning way way <laughs> out, slinging this stone at my toothbrush. Oh, I find that more endearing than anything. I guess. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Uh, I win so again. 
The thing that you didn't know about me is that I'm not allowed to donate blood because what? 15 or so years ago, the Red Cross decided that anyone who had lived in England or certain surrounding countries for more than three months could not donate blood because there's a that. chance that we are incubating Mad Cow. Wow. Is that so, still in play? Moo. Well, the way that I heard about it is that they don't know uh, what the incubation period is. So if it's 15 years, no problem. If it's 30 years, um, I might be a ticking time bomb. Damn. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and I used to donate blood all the time in college before they made this rule. So I may have tainted oh the supply. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There's a whole lot of incubators out there now. Yep. Damn, that's a yeah. that's a great fact. That's yeah, that's a good one. I spit some toothpaste on this thing, but you got you're walking around with mad cow in you. Yeah, but you've done a lot more podcasts than I have, so I have yeah, would have come out. left. It would have come out at some point. Yep. So I hear you have a Kyle story for us as well today. Well, I was I was going to tell a Kyle story, but um, I I know we we have a lot to say about this week, and also. My Kyle stories just make me feel a little more depressed this week than usual because of all the fun everyone's having up in Seattle. In fact, in um, in the chat uh, on Friday, I was getting so jealous. I was trying to just make up exciting stories that were going on here. Like I, Phyllis sent me some uh, some ear scrapers, and uh, I was giving reports on how. <laughs> On how that went, I was taking pictures of uh, our backyard sod that we put in and how well it's doing, trying to make everyone jealous. And it, <laughs> none of it was working, so I, I just thought we'll shelve the Kyle stories this week. Just know that that I will be spitting toothpaste all over my sink tonight. Exciting that's my times. Kyle story. All right. Well, I guess we'll get into the week in review then, and start with Monday, twenty-one seventy. It's not a Duma. <laughs> so dumb that it made it happen. Yeah, it's true. But you gotta love a podcast that references the Russian parliament, don't you? <laughs> Obviously. And combines it with Kindergarten Cop, so, you know. Right. Where else can you find that? So I just want to mention really quick at the top here that Luke got way sunburned because apparently he does not listen to LRB and he did not listen to Meredith's <clears throat> discussion of the importance of having a sunscreen collection. And so uh, his upper torso is completely burned, and he's open-shirted like a Vegas playa. <laughs> yeah. A lot of information about Luke's wardrobe this weekend. Yes. And the first question I want to ask is, is Kyle Mooney really a genius? They've been talking a lot about Kyle Mooney, and the intro for this show was this interview with a ball player where the ball player got pissed at him and th they've talked about how much they like Kyle Mooney and I think I don't get it I mean he's funny mm. sometimes but I don't see genius there and I want to know if it's just me uh, I mean uh, go ahead Hillary. I you know I don't, I don't I hate to play this I don't know if it's like a guy thing because that's what I was interested to hear Mike if you thought it was funny because I don't know I mean he's whatever he's fine but it does not like have me rolling over I think that every pack of dudes has a dude who's willing to just play stupid. Yeah. And like, you'll have three or four guys in the group that are like really funny and really quick. And you need the guy who's willing to play stupid to get that humor out there. I don't know if I make any sense, but 
um yeah like when when i was in college you know we we you know me and bill and my friend mike and john we would ha- like have these quick funny exchanges but we had a guy in our group uh andrew who would just play dumb and he wasn't dumb but he would play dumb so that we could all be funnier so i think mm-hmm. when you when you think you're a funny person you you need that foil or whatever so i think he fits that for snl and for i guess apparently luke and andrew i do find it pretty funny usually but uh that particular bit i didn't think is that funny because you know you're you're kind of torturing some guy who's really he was really trying to be cooperative yeah i don't i don't really like um comedy where somebody isn't in on the joke very much because i always end up feeling bad for them yeah okay good i'm glad it's not just me no. <laughs> yeah no he's the best <laughs> he's my favorite yeah what how dare you Anne? uh so they go almost straight into a post-mortem on the weekend's garden party a garden party slash hat party and it turns out that nobody at the garden party gave a shit about luke's job or what he wore and he says that he was overdressed in the suit and yeah. was very impressed with the porta potty situation with hardwood floors. <laughs> um, but I don't know if he was happy that nobody knew who he was or if he was sad about that. He was 100% sad about that. Because <laughs> he thought this was his, like, it was like a, you know, target audience of, you know, who listens to, right. you know, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and all those various at CBS Sunday morning. I think he wanted to, like, just, you know, a few people to say, oh, my gosh, and then him bat them away. Like, no, 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 you know, don't pay but attention. The, the stuff that Luke does is the kind of stuff that, yes, if you met him at a party or someone pointed him out at a party, you'd be impressed with. But it's not the kind of thing where you'd, you know, like get out something for him to autograph or just say, <laughs> oh, that piece you did about, you know, it's like, oh, that's that's interesting work. And I, I, I heard you the other day. It's not, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't know if he'll ever get the reaction that he wants, like the rock star reaction that he seems to I want. I think he's chosen the wrong line if he wants the rock star reaction. Right, oh right. God. Of course, everyone's impressed. It's it's cool. Yeah, but it's not. I, no one's going to raise their voice over it. So maybe he's really looking for the reac- reaction. Uh, like he and Andrew have talked about in the past when they meet someone famous and they want to be like, "It's cool. I'm cool." <laughs> I can hang with you. Maybe they want people to behave that way to them, to know who they are, but not make a thing about it. That's exactly what they want. I mean, Andrew doesn't want to be noticed by anybody at any time, (laughs) really, but... He wants to wear very large clothes and fade into the background. And I I think if you're going to make a uh, fancy porta potty you definitely have to have wood floors, because if you put carpeting in, that's just gross. So gross. (laughs) I actually had a porta potty at my wedding, um, it was, there were, it was not that fancy. There were no wood floors, but you know, it came in handy. We had it at a house. So it was like, there were about 150 people or so at my wedding. So we couldn't use like the two bathrooms cause it just would overflow. But it was a pretty classy affair. I there are, so. there are porta potties of all, um, stripes. I mean, oh, yeah. from, from the one I'm looking out, out my window here, Kyle, <laughs> uh, where the construction workers that are building the house that's blocking our view of the shell station. 
all the way to the fancy one that Luke went into, and and I've been in a fancy one before. It was kind of it's kind of cool. It was a little disconcerting. I mean, I guess we get used to it, but you know, when you're going to a porta potty at some place, you you know you you're ready to accept a less than stellar situation, and yeah. then when you when you get kind of a fancy situation, you're, at first you're like, huh, should I be uh, doing business in here? <laughs> So what you're saying is that the porta potty outside your house does not have hardwood floors? Uh, no, I think <laughs> no. There, I haven't been in it. <laughs> I was going to say, did you visit? So it could. Yeah, I mean, it's heated. Oh God, it's those porta potties. Twenty-five in there. It's probably. so gross when you go in one in the like heat of the summer. Oh. Okay, this conversation is getting uncomfortable <laughs> for me. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Andrew and the TV club. So he hosted TV club this weekend. Um, he talks about his friend, Jen, the co- comics colorist, who's working on the Archie comics reboot and how he was embarrassed to ask her to talk about her job, <laughs> which seems ridiculous. To me. I, know. I know, I know. And she was probably thinking she was gonna be the coolest person at the party and people were gonna She was the Luke of the party. Right. She was the Luke. She really wanted him to get, make a big deal. In fact, my brother is has been a comics colorist. He has done freelance work for Mad Magazine. He's probably used cool. to this this yeah. fan this fan stuff all the time, and people coming up to he loves art and he loves drawing and he loves coloring and he was absolutely totally happy to talk about it with people mm-hmm. not because he's bragging on his job but because he loves it so much and he loves to share his passion with people so Andrew should have asked her about it yeah it's not he, like it's not like she's a doctor and you want her to look at some boil you know <laughs> right <laughs> Although my brother would sometimes get annoyed when people would expect him to um, do caricature gigs for free. Oh, no. That's because he no. has training. He's a professional. He ought to get paid yeah, for it. Yeah, but you get, yeah, you get paid for that stuff. He's not a busker in like New Orleans doing, <laughs> <laughs> doing the big heads. So, Andrew, conversational fail. He is hoping that people weren't offended that he escaped to do dishes in the kitchen because he needed some me time. Oh, he ducked out of a, an airing of empty nest. <laughs> Jesus. I totally do this. After any holiday gathering, I'm always the one who goes in and starts doing the dishes because sure. I would so much rather be doing that than be sitting in the living room or around the table because I just run out of things to say to my relatives and I get really uncomfortable. And so I would just rather be doing something useful. Yeah. yeah. It's a double whammy in, in that you're, you're sitting there and you have nothing to say to these people and the dishes are in the sink. At least for me, I'm like, damn dishes. I got to get to those dishes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't think anybody was offended that he wanted to get out of there. If he's not really even part of the TV club, who cares? Yeah. They also talk about uh, how cool it is to write thank you notes on coasters from fancy restaurants and hotels, which made me think, what is wrong with actual thank you cards? Yeah. You just go to Target and get a pack of thank you cards. <laughs> They're like $10. They last you a really long time. Yeah, because to me, if you write me a thank you on a coaster, it seems like you couldn't really be bothered to take a lot of time to thank me. And you, what do you do? You stick a coaster in an envelope? You still got to get an envelope. 
And it's not going to fit in the envelope in like a regular yeah. envelope. What are you going to put it in a padded envelope then? I don't This really sounds understand. like something that happened like once. <laughs> you know? You have to put it in a square envelope and pay extra postage. <laughs> yeah, and then it gets crushed. They try to put it through the machine at the post office, it gets fucking crushed. <laughs> No, this never, this, this probably never even really happened. I, that's what it's going to say. This has literally never happened. Can you imagine Luke writing it, then like hunting for an envelope, going to the post office? This never happened. No. I would actually like to know what Luke's thank you note game is. Because I get just a gut feeling that Carrie takes a lot of the thank you duties mm-hmm. on in that relationship. I think there may have been thank you notes that he's written earlier in his life. Uh, in an aspirational way, like, you know, for, for like interviews that he's gotten, you know, things like that when you're trying to get to the next job or to get to the next level of whatever you're doing, but not now. No, probably not. He can't even um, fill out his work paperwork. So no. what makes us think he can write thank you notes to friends? No. God, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> he's so great. <laughs> okay. Moving on to the really important talk of the day, the... <laughs> the the food divisions, food assignments for the Chateau's mm. MSL show picnic. <laughs> it just groans. Listen very closely, people. <laughs> A through H dessert, I through P salad slash sides, S through Z mains. Let's not talk about Q and R, which apparently aren't important. <laughs> My four year old would be able to detect that Q and R are not in this discussion. Right. And someone on the Stems page came up with a great idea because they were talking about um, how this could be an uneven distribution of um, mm-hmm. dishes because people's names don't um, aren't um, equally represented throughout the alphabet, which is true. I think the front of the alphabet is pretty um, heavily loaded. But somebody on the Stems page said, just take a white pages and kids – White pages is this thing we used to find <laughs> names and nobody wanted to call them. But take a white pages and just divide it in three. And however that works out, there you go, which I thought was a great solution. But that assumes that it's a that town that you're tearing up is ethnically mixed the way that your gathering is going to be, which like in in uh in TBTL's case is like ninety nine percent white. <laughs> So lots of Johnsons. That's what it would be in Minnesota. Lots and lots of Johnsons. Yeah. You know, um, why not just let everyone bring what they want? Yeah. Or bring nothing because there's always too much. So give people the option of bringing nothing and 20% of the people will bring nothing. And that takes care of sort of your waste, you know, because there's a lot of waste at these things. Because when you take the trouble to prepare something, usually prepare something for like 10 people. Yeah. And you're bringing yourself and then one other person. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of waste. So, I mean, I, I think it's okay to give people permission to bring nothing or bring bring beverages that can easily be taken away. Um, I don't know. This this this, this discussion just murders me. I, I guess because I've never been to one of the picnics. Like, I don't care. And I feel well, like every year it's like memento. They forget everything that happened the year right. before. I'm like... Take notes. Somebody take notes. Go listen to last year's. Yeah, there were 4,000 brownies left. <laughs> Let's not do brownies anymore. Well, and and they did get into this sort of idea of maybe we just let everybody bring what they want, but then they worried that they would get two-thirds desserts. And uh, 
the talk about whether people actually load up on a plate of desserts. And I was like, yes, that's me. <laughs> mm, yeah. I don't care about meat or any of the rest of that thing. Just it's give true. me the sugar. Yeah. Right. Andrew said that I can hear the sound of a thousand people screaming at their phones. And I was like, well, there's at least one of us. <laughs> Three. So um, we revisit this later in the week. And I'm sure we will revisit it several more times in the oh, coming weeks. Absolutely. Look, look forward to that. So moving into the top story, uh, White Sox pitcher Chris Sale, who started the All-Star game, didn't he, Mike? Yeah, he's, he's I, yeah, he was arguably the best for, pitcher in baseball. Yeah, he was suspended because he physically cut up the team's uniforms for throwback night because he didn't like them. Well, it, it wasn't as much that he didn't like them. He wasn't comfortable in them, and he was the starting pitcher that day. I'm not trying to defend the behavior because it's awful <laughs> and stupid, uh, but that was his reason. He put it on, and he was like, nope, I don't, I don't feel like I can pitch well in this uniform. And he, and I think they, they told him, well, you're pitching in it. And he, he said, okay, well, I can't, I won't be pitching in it if none of these uniforms are usable. And he cut them all up. Uh, I thought, I thought the starting pitcher got to pick the jersey. No, no, it was like a, it's a marketing thing. Like on certain days, like it'll be back to the future uniforms and they'll all wear like, futuristic uniform and then they'll you know it's throwback day and they'll wear these old older looking uniforms and then they will sell those types of jerseys on those days and in their in their shops and so it's it's a marketing thing and and that's that's why uh he couldn't you know that's why they weren't going to change in midstream because i'm sure it was already on the schedule and the interesting thing about the chicago white Sox uh, is um there's a throwback jersey that could have been even worse or a throwback uniform that could have been even worse because they're the only major league team who ever put out their team in shorts. <laughs> this was in the 70s. Uh, for what? one season, they, had a, they, they wore shorts. Not every day, I don't think, but, but they wore like long socks and, and shorts, like a softball team. But what about sliding? That's is that I always thought that too. But they wore like um, the shorts were like coaches' shorts, and and you can put sliding pads into like softball shorts into the hip part, and then if you pull socks all the way up, it kind of takes care of the sliding thing. I wouldn't want to do it because you can still kind of cut your knee. But the major league fields are so well tended, and if you, uh, I, I will put up a picture of these uniforms. Yeah, I but, see it. but um. But it's sort of taken care of. Uh, I I went to the Kingdome in Seattle and saw the the White Sox when they were wearing these shorts, and they looked uh, it looked pretty rinky dink. You know, they did look like you know one of my dad's beer league softball teams, which I would later play in as well. But um, by that time, I was wearing baseball pants because those shorts they aren't working for anybody except a couple of these guys. Well, I'll show you a picture of one guy it is working for because ladies. <laughs> You're going to like the looks of this first baseman. So I'm having a mental picture of Chris Sale with like a giant pair of scissors creeping around the clubhouse. I, know, I mean, did he have to cut yeah. up 25 uniforms? Was well, he, he got some fabric himself? scissors. Right. Fabric scissors. <laughs> like the zigzag scissors. <laughs> Pinking shears. <laughs> he wasn't going to use paper scissors. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's a uh, lot of, that's an aggressive, a lot of work. 
we're just kind of not liking. I mean, I get it. You know, it matters how comfortable you feel, but that's a, that's a lot of effort. It's really pissed. I was listening to the Astros game on the road because I was I was driving that day, and uh, they were talking about how th- they didn't have all the information, and they were saying uh, White Sox pitcher Chris Sale has been um, pulled from the lineup today for disciplinary reasons, and it was a clubhouse incident. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck did this guy do? And then it came out later. I was like, oh, my God, I never would have imagined that. That's amazing. That's one of the best stories, uh, baseball stories I've ever heard. And, yes, baseball players are, by and large, assholes. Uh, I, having worked in the stadium for many years in, in Safeco Field, um, I did meet quite a few players that were jerks, but there were some really, really nice players. Dan Wilson and Jamie Moyer are two of the nicest people I've ever met. But they are the exceptions in baseball, I think, rather than the rule. I can't yeah, look. Luke had a lot of um, stories about different guys who were complete jerks to him. I was surprised that he's had that much interaction. Yeah. Well, it only takes a a little bit of of locker room experience to make a big impression. Um, One thing that I could have told at the beginning, one thing that you didn't know about me that I don't think I've said on any podcast, but I wanted to save it for the locker room discussion, is that uh, I've seen Michael Jordan's penis. (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> I was a production assistant for CBS Sports for the 1987 All-Star NBA All-Star game in Seattle and ha- having finished my duties uh we were free to roam with our passes after the game and I we went to the Eastern Conference locker room to to just sort of we were actually just wanted to collect souvenirs and I got some of Bill Lambeer's socks. Thank you very much. Dreams come uh, true. Yeah, dreams really do come true. And I saw all the guys naked, including Bill Lambeer, who was smoking and drinking a beer yes. uh, n- nude in front of his locker. Um, and and I got to see Michael Jordan naked. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> I got to see it. And it was pretty good, I got to say. He's pretty well proportioned. Uh, but the the person who made the biggest impression, so to speak was a player uh, named Dominique Wilkins for yeah. the Atlanta Hawks. Um, he, that, that third leg needed a shoe. God. I'll just say that. Wow. I just saw him on a TV commercial yesterday morning or last night. Dominique for Wilkins? A, for, yeah, for a um, diabetes medication, <laughs> a non-insulin diabetes medication. Oh, I probably take it. In, in Volcana. <laughs> At least we have yes, one thing in common. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I've never been in a locker room, but I did. Um, when I was younger, I went to go see a any given Sunday with my dad. <laughs> oh God, that's an awkward the top, one. Real uncomfortable. I love my dad. We're really close. Not. I didn't want to be that close. That was a really uncomfortable scene. An um, Oliver Stone it, sports movie is always uh, going to be weird. Oh, it's a garbage movie. I hate that movie. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that wasn't a good time. I think I went out to go to the bathroom or something. I was like, I gotta go. I think I went to see Animal House with my mom when I was like 14 <laughs> oh my or God. something. I also went to see uh, Saturday, Saturday Night Fever with my mom and there was a sex scene in there. It's just, it is so bad. It's so bad. Sitting with your parents at that age. I, my parents, so I'm the youngest of five. 
So by the time my parents got to me, my, they were like, whatever. We're gonna, yeah, I saw yeah, everything. Uh, yeah. But they, t- they took me to go see Coming to America in the theater when I was like eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that movie. But there's a part where in the very beginning, especially where she's like, he's in a bath. And then she, yeah. the leg lady rises up topless and says, your royal penis is clean, <laughs> sir. And my mom's like, oh, my God. Right. It is right in the beginning. You're right. <laughs> Lord. All right. Well, the last thing I wanted to mention about just one of the interactions that Luke had that was unfortunate was the Jay Buner one where he was God. talking to him in the locker <laughs> and he spent the whole time messing with an ingrown hair next to his junk. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> I hope he got it. I was rooting for him. <laughs> I mean, that is really uncomfortable, but oh, I guess those guys are just so uncomfortable just being nude in front of strangers. Yeah, it's like an hour of their day every day. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to eventually just go, you know, you can't just be prissy about it. Yeah, and more more power to them. So Luke moves into the Baseball Hall of Fame and states that he just doesn't care about the Hall of Fame. Okay. He doesn't really get it. It's okay if other people like it, but he doesn't care. And I thought, for someone who is so focused on external validation, <laughs> this seems like a really strange thing not to understand why this is so important to so many people. Oh, I think he might understand why it's important to so many people, but he's just not a baseball player, so it's not important to him. <laughs> oh, okay. As long as it's not important to him. Yep. Excellent. All right. Moving away from sports, there is apparently a Hillary Clinton campaign mobile game, <laughs> and she wants everyone to Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> ah. And um, Andrew wants to know, how much does this actually matter as a campaign tool? Does he think this is going to win votes? But I would say, no, it's probably just a way of keeping her base involved. Does it show you how to get to, is it there like a voting stop? And then you, I just don't. <laughs> well, you can win hill coins, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God that love her, but crazy. that is, it's so, it's so baby boomer to be like, let's try to, you know, not understanding it at all. I mean, I guess they, they do, they can do some data mining with it, but it is, no. Um, some, <clears throat> Emily was telling me about a comedian that uh, said something about how it's, it's really great that we're, we finally have a grandmother who's going to hopefully be the president of the United States. And, but the only thing that can bring her down is her inability to understand how email works. <laughs> Forward, 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 forward. <laughs> she was trying to send a joke to somebody, and oh gosh. Oh, they touched briefly on the Russian version of Pokemon Go, which is apparently going to public squares and taking pictures of uh, Russian monuments, which sounds like a hell of a good time. And then they drift into a discussion of development of the whole augmented reality tech and how it, that kind of stuff always comes in. Um, trivial applications like Pokemon Go and other um, games and apps and things. Like it's developed through recreation and then it goes into important applications. Is that what? Yeah, I I think that's what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like Google glass was never going to happen. Cause it's such a dad thing. You know, I'm checking my cool glasses and I can, you know, (laughs) see information about this building, but this is just kind of like through the millennials or whatever, you know, whatever generation Z or whatever. It's just slowly 
seeps in and then it just becomes a reality. Yep. All right. Finally, let's get an email from Kay on the door holding topic from last week. This is a very interesting perspective that I hadn't thought about. Kay's in a wheelchair and she hates it when people push the button for her. Um, I guess because if they're far enough away, they push it and it opens and then maybe it starts closing before she comes or maybe it's a signal that they think that because her legs are not functional, that means her hands aren't functional or something. And Luke just really wants to be uh, a good person and be conscious and be helpful. And he's wondering where the line is between being helpful and being patronizing. And he doesn't want people to think that he doesn't think that they can um, take care of it themselves. So my take on that is that you just have to try and be a nice person. And then you can't worry about how, how the other person is processing their experience because you can't manage anybody else's feelings. So just right. try to do the nice thing. And then it'll be what it'll be, Luke. It's okay. You're a good person. Hate is a strong word, <clears throat> you know, for someone who's just trying to help you out a little bit. Yeah. I hate that guy. He really wanted to help me get through that door. I fucking I would kill him if I could get out of this chair. I would. <laughs> You're lucky, mister, that I can't chase you. Yeah. Well, I think it's nice that he wants to be nice. Yes, of course yes. it is. Yep. And I, if anybody has uh, nothing else, that wraps up Monday. All right. Uh, Tuesday, 2171. Don't hide your light under a flannel. Um... Uh, there, there's an uh, open, I think it's the uh, last man on earth open with, um, with it truly was a Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> which is my favorite line in television for, from the last few years. Uh, and as someone who is nicknamed Tandy in a, uh, in a chat because I was the second mic to come in, um, I really appreciate uh, those those opens. Luke is in, in Littleton, uh, Colorado for more stacking. Uh, CBS this morning, I guess, is pretty obsessed with cup stacking. Such a CBS a- Sunday morning. <laughs> I love <laughs> CBS Sunday morning. That is such a CBS Sunday morning topic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, to me, there's nothing more boring than <laughs> cup stacking. And I've seen it. I've, and they're obsessed with it for some reason. Uh, Hillary, have you seen the cup stacking? I think in passing, just sort of on something. I mean, it's cool looking, but how can you stretch that to like 10 minutes? I know. And like multiple reports about cup stacking. <laughs> and they're spending like a lot of money sending them all over <laughs> the USA covering this hot topic. I, I don't get it. Um, speaking of, of, of store names like Hot Topic, which oh, I don't yes. understand. Massage Envy. I've always <laughs> like, thought that's a weird one. And they they bring that one up, but they do they do kind of they give it kind of a nice review, even though neither one of them have ever been there, as a place where you would be comfortable sending your mom for a massage. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing weird was going to happen with some some Swedish guy in there. Although they do refer to it as the super cuts of massage. That's super cuts, cuts. super cuts of massage. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's a lot of uh, suburb talk luke is apparently in kyle colorado because everything is brand new and not untastefully done but it's just everything is a is a chain and it just goes on for miles and miles and miles and it's hot as balls and there are bugs everywhere wait i'm getting more in kyle 
<laughs> I do get tired of their semi-regular uh, bagging on of the suburbs because I live in a suburb and I've lived in suburbs for a long time and there's nothing wrong with it. It's mm-hmm. just the place where you sleep and the place where you go to Panera every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, sure. And if you want to get out and do something cool, you just go into the city. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, I have a really nice Target near my house. I'm still in Austin, but I live sort of in the like southwest outskirts of it. And I don't know. I mean, if I could live in this, if I could afford to live in, I don't know, Terrytown, which is a neighborhood in Austin, I would do it. But houses are over a million dollars for a fixer upper. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so and we live in the sort of suburbs, and it's you know it's nice. Yes, you have to drive a little bit, but I don't know. It's it's convenient, and I'm not like you know it's I'm not getting fatter and fatter by the day because I live in the suburbs. Like, right. Oh, we do interesting things. And there's always parking at the Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I grew up in a suburb. I was born in a suburb. I mean, I mean, I was born in Seattle, but I grew up in, in Bellevue and it's amazing sometimes to watch the evolution of a suburb like Bellevue. It's flat out a city. Now it is like skyscrapers and all. And you know, Back back when my mom was taking me to Saturday Night Fever, um, <laughs> you drove up to the, it wasn't uh, the mall. There was no roof on the mall, and you drove up to the theater and just walked right in. Um, but now you know it's full on city. So like Bellevue has, seemingly has its own suburbs now. So don't yeah. bag on the suburb because tomorrow it might be it might your be the city. city. Um, a lot of Amy Grant talk. <laughs> I know nothing of Amy Grant except that um, that video where she's like wearing a sweatshirt and dancing around and looking all right. That's pretty much all of her videos, yeah, isn't it? Basically, <laughs> my husband for sure had a crush on Amy Grant at some point in his life. Mm-hmm. She yeah. was very, very girl next door. I mean, yes. even when she crossed out of the Christian demo, boy, she looked wholesome. Oh yeah. So- was the music any good? I mean, I. I mean, it's no very catchy <laughs> early '90s pop. So I mean, I love it. I think I'm at the point in my life where that has such a nostalgia yeah. factor that you yeah. can't separate mm-hmm. the actual quality of the music from the way that it makes you feel. Exactly. All right. I mean, I did. About... I, I did listen okay, to that um, that duet that she did with Peter Cetera. Uh, and so um, that's a I'm bad blissfully song. unaware. <laughs> that's, so good. that's a bad song. <laughs> And I love it. Yes. Uh, they talked about a uh, paint fight in one of her videos and that, that trope. And Andrew sings some Smashing Pumpkins pretty unsuccessfully <laughs> uh, today. And uh, Luke is in a minivan and loves it. He's loving that minivan. And, and I sort of agree. I mean, uh, minivans aren't what they used to be. They're pretty elegantly appointed these days. Mike, I'm going to take you in a ride in my new minivan because it's amazing. I love yeah. I like. I can't even tell you how much I love my minivan. I love It's aesthetically on the outside, garbage. It looks horrible. <laughs> on the inside, it's like riding in your living room. It's so wonderful. It cools down. There's air vents everywhere. You know, and in Austin... Slash Kyle, you need that air conditioning. Just like, come on, real quick when you get in the need, car. Yes, fast. Uh, the Before the sweat sl- starts trickling down your butthole. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I I have a 2015 Toyota Sienna, 
and it's magical. It's so wonderful. My kids have their own little captain seats and the doors just open when I push a button. It's wonderful. I never thought I would say that. I never <laughs> thought I would say that. It is amazing. No, I'm down with it. I'm, my first experience with a minivan was when, uh, right before I started to rob banks, I uh, unsuccessfully worked at a car dealership for a few days in which uh, I would just go sleep in the uh, Chrysler. What the, the, It was like the first minivan. I can't remember even what it was named. but It was like the Dodge Caravan. Yeah, Dodge Caravan. Yeah. I would sleep in the, in the back of one of those Dodge Caravans <laughs> instead of working. So, nice. yeah. Yeah, it was it was nice then, and they're even nicer now. So. Um, the 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 Luke hates a smart car, and both of them expressed doubt uh, as to its highway safety. And I I went and did some research on that uh, because I don't think I've ever seen one on the highway. And I thought, do they go on the highway? And yes, they do. Oh, and mm-hmm. they uh, apparently are very safe because when you turn one of those things over, which probably just a stiff breeze would turn one of them over. Um, it, it it's it some sort of bag or something deploys all over you in there and you just <laughs> r- roll around like a puff pastry out on the freeway in europe they have smart car sports cars which are also tiny but they're really cool looking i kind of like smart cars in that if i ever get angry at one of those drivers i can just jump out of my car and just flip it over <laughs> and put it on its back like a turtle i mean the only thing i miss i had like a shitty Toyota Corolla for 13 years before my men the new van. And I do miss the parking aspect of it. Cause mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't really park anywhere except a huge space now. And those little things can just like bebop in and out. of. I mean, you can like create a, it doesn't even have to be a real parking space. You can just kind of mm-hmm. like squeeze in. Yeah. yeah. And um, Luke did pull the Honda fit into this discussion. <laughs> He's been uh, insulting the Honda fit off and on for a while now. <laughs> How about how he wouldn't feel safe in that? So I looked up the Hanafit safety rating. It got a 9.4 out of 10 from the Transportation Safety Board or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah he has his go-tos. He'll be back to insulting it even though he's apologized. I mean, that's that's the way it works. Um, he, he's, dis- he's discovered a travel hack that I think almost every other traveler in the world already knew about. <laughs> and that's like the Emerald Isle. You know, you just... you you. Get your car lined up online, and then you just walk out and get in the car. I and mean, Emily was into this a while back. I, yeah. I just don't know how, how Luke travels so much. How was this eluding him? Why was he standing in rental car lines? <laughs> I I don't know. And these hacks, these quote unquote <laughs> hacks, like seriously common knowledge. Like just look it up. Yeah, just sign up for the for the service, <laughs> and then you got it. There's there's, there's your hack. Um, he and he and Andrew both talked about how they wore Jerga shirts growing up, and I did as well. But they couldn't come up with the name. They just said they were those sh- pullover shirts with the pockets and the, you know, they're just Mexican hoodies. Yeah. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah, Jerga shirts. Oh. Yeah, I emailed him about it, and he he was he was he had never heard that before. But look it up, Jerga shirt. I don't know. Uh, I knew that from the beginning. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was just in the Northwest. It was more common to actually. Know the name? No, but those. But he grew up in the Northwest, so I don't know. I was wearing a Jerga shirt and looking like an asshole ten years before he was. So, <laughs> youthful fashion. This this um, it prompts a discussion on youthful fashion, which outside of a Jerga shirt, I I didn't participate in. Thank God. And there were 
no real cameras back then because you had to like have that hood, you know, and you had to have a big... <laughs> stand still for like yeah, three right, minutes. Right. So, so not a lot of pictures of me in embarrassing fashions. <laughs> How about you guys? Oh, no. I... To this day, I'm ignorant of fashion. I just try to wear what I like and look neat and clean, and mm -hmm. that's it. I don't think I've ever followed a trend. Oh. Uh, Hillary, you sent us a video of the fashions <laughs> at your high school oh, God. in the mid-90s. It mid was so good. So, it was so like perfectly like this 90s white bread, mid-90s white bread school. A lot of pleated khakis. The thing that was really amazing... I feel like 90s fashion, like late 90s fashion sort of changed where there was a lot of like sparkly eyeshadow and low jeans and stuff. But in the mid 90s, everybody dressed like moms, like the girls all dressed like moms and the guys. Yeah, all dressed everyone like... looks so uh, mature in that <laughs> video because like we, Emily and I were talking about it and and like she's about five years younger than me. And we both had this same experience that everyone at our high school uh was like skinny and looked like 10 and everyone in that video you said looked like 25 or 30. I know. <laughs> I know it's I like I really all I wanted in life were to wear Cole Hans and I wanted to have a Seiko watch and a Dooney and Burke purse that was like my holy trinity of and I never had any of those mm, but yeah it's a Dallas I mean, dream it's a dream um yeah I I'm sure I I know I tried to wear like overalls a whole lot in the oh late my 90s God. and oh, it's not a good look. It's not. I, and you were <laughs> listening to your crisscross records? Basically. Uh, or then maybe like venturing down a hippie like line of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, but then I didn't, you know, I, after high college or high school, I, I basically wear the same thing every single day. I wear a dress yeah. every single day. That's the only thing that really works for me. Yeah. I'm like you and trends do not. Do not work on this body. Mm -mm. No, and Andrew was talking about 90s fashion and how it was the first time that we ever looked back and how it was focused on the 70s. But I thought 90s fashion what was was on 90210. And there was nothing 70s about no. that. It was all those baby doll dresses. Yeah. and well, uh, So I don't know what he was watching. Listening to Andrew talk about fashion is probably... <laughs> <laughs> Not the best use of your time. The far, the exurbs of Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, were not like, you know, fashion central, I don't think. No, it's like, it's like me talking about music. It's The only what, thing I can think about talking? is, think of is, you know, he was obsessed with Janine Garofalo and in Reality Bites, she was obsessed with the 70s. So I'm like, maybe that's where he got it oh. from. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, who knows? He's imprinted on her somehow. <laughs> yes. She's the mother, mother duck. Um, there's top story. Uh, there's going to be a million juggalo March, I think, uh, next summer. Um, the, the there aren't really a million juggalos, are there? <laughs> I think they're Ooh. well. There, if if our if the minivan stickers are to be believed, there's more <laughs> juggalos being created all the time. As they, Luke was really judging the minivan owner for having the the little juggalo decal with mini hatchet. Yes, I don't understand how he could spend all that time saying that juggalos are really just people who feel like they don't fit in and they want a place to belong and a feeling of family and they're not really bad people. But then if they have a kid, oh, they're going to raise that to be a little hatchet wielding maniac. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith was pretty upset in our LRB chat. She really wanted to get on and, and defend 
Jaguars. And look, of all people should know that your upbringing does not determine who you are. I mean, he was raised in a crazy yeah. ev- evangelical Christian family, and he none, none of his siblings are religious, he right. said. They all put down their Bible. These kids can put down their hatchets at any time. The Shawshank tree, I guess, is dead, and that's why we got the, the fabulous Last Man on Earth open. Um, I should I should probably watch that movie again, shouldn't I? It's yeah. been so many years. I never understand why men in particular love Shawshank so much. I mean, for a movie that has a prison sodomy scene, men sure seem to love it. I think uh, men, we all share that we've done horrible things in our lives, and we like to think that we're going to come out smelling like a rose on the other end. I can tell you, not so much. You end up in, in Kyle with a broken foot. Uh, there's an email about uh, Netflix uh, series. Um, it's called Stranger Things, and all week people have been starting to watch it and saying how amazing it is. So I think I'm going to try to find it. Either one of you have experience with this? I mean, I haven't watched it, but I've been hearing the same thing, so I might. I was just telling my mom on my Facebook stream, it's like, it's amazing. Stranger Things, amazing. I really hate scary movies. I mean, I don't mind like mysterious or kind of creepy. I hate when things jump out of me. Like I actively mm-hmm. makes me mad and mm-hmm. kind of gets my little like adrenaline, like fight or flight <laughs> started. So I don't know. I'll see. TBD if I'll watch it. But I like Winona Ryder. So I'm glad that she's back in the game. Well, I, if it's 80s nostalgia, it's going to be tough to rope me in because I mean, I. <laughs> grew up in the 80s and yeah. i'm not nostalgic for it so. <laughs> do you watch the americans no i haven't is it's, that uh, set in the 80s yeah it's set in like 83 i think that makes sense because it's about like cold war type. yeah yeah it's really really good i mean there is nostalgia in that they'll you know they'll be watching a reagan speech or listen whatever the music is the kind of most right nostalgic i don't mind the, the yeah. historical part of it yeah. but like i'm not nostalgic for the fashion or the music <laughs> which by and large was god awful so <laughs> um that's uh all i have for tuesday hillary are you gonna handle wednesday for i'm us? gonna handle wednesday it was episode 2172 jacked up on bernie juice um okay so this was a quote-unquote hell early- to the no <laughs> to the no 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 <laughs> i will not get jacked up on bernie <laughs> Um, this is a quote unquote early morning TBTL and I really, they never addressed what time it was. I want to know what early morning means to them. Is it like nine? (laughs) I'm guessing it's like, (laughs) there's, there's a nine, maybe an eight involved, but there's no seven. I mean, they were, the amount of times that Luke profusely apologized to Andrew, I'm like, guys, you gotta wake up at some point and do something. Right. Um, so anyway, that kind of made me laugh. And I, but I do always love morning zoo action on TBTL. It always makes yes. me laugh. Um, I think Luke does a g- really, really good impersonation of morning zoo guys. I, his case, I mean, he didn't do it this time, but his Casey case, I'm always makes me laugh. Like I can't, like I cry <laughs> laugh whenever I hear it. So I was pleased by that. I th- I don't know if anybody does it better than Adam Carolla though. Yeah. He does, he does like a five minute routine where he... <laughs> Cuts to traffic and the sticker stop. And I mean, if I can find it isolated somewhere on YouTube, I'll, I'll link that up for everyone because it is amazing. Luke does a Luke does a better like voice and personality. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Adam Carolla has like 
everything down. It's so good. It's so funny because I don't really listen. I mean, because I'm a cliche, I listen to like NPR in the mornings or I listen to podcasts. I don't really listen to morning radio that much anymore. So mm. it's kind of takes you back. It sounds like a joke when you do catch it. When really? you do catch some like morning zoo radio, you're like, this is a, this has got to be a put on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they kind of delve into this conversation about which TBTL is better. Like the, how's it going? The navel gazing TBTL or the hot topic TBTL. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I'm torn. Yeah. I really enjoy the how's it going TBTL, but they can tip over the edge into where they're so far into their navels that they can't seem to find their way out. At some point they have to um, step away from the the salad bar, make a choice and step away from the salad bar. (laughs) They got to look at the rest of the world every once in a while. But I do really like the interaction between the two of them and talking about their lives. But then sometimes they get into really interesting topics. So I guess I could go either way, just as long as, they don't get too far down the rabbit hole with any of it. Yeah, I, not to be not to be Steve Nelson because I don't agree for the most part with Steve Nelson about like the pacing of the show. But um, yeah, realizing when we're when we're talking about Luke's diet or Luke's yeah. exercise yeah. for you know the thirtieth minute, let's you know shh, we can knock that off. And yeah. and I don't think they should always feel obligated to talk about the news. I know we, we've talked about that before on this Mm -hmm. show, but, um, if, if there's nothing under the sun that hasn't been said about something, I mean, they may have feelings about it, but, and it may be important, but they don't need to dwell on the news of the day. Yeah. Cause I actually like, it's sort of, you know, I'm pretty news aware most of the time and I follow the election really closely and it's kind of a nice respite not really. Yes. I mean, they talk about the election in like uh, very vague terms, but mm-hmm. it's sort of nice to not really like dig. I kind of want. I can't hear about it anymore. I can't. It's it's. But it's nice to kind of get that break a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I will say the one thing that I like when they talk current events is that sometimes Luke likes to be sort of contrary yes. and kind of question things. And I like that because then it does make me examine a little bit more, well, why is everybody else saying this and is this appropriate? Mm-hmm. For sure. Sometimes it makes me mad when he does that because it's like his, well, yes. like, like just teen boy, like, eh, I'm going to zig when you zag. But yeah. I, but I do appreciate, it does make me think, but then I No one should vote. And let's not talk about the mass killings. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I know. Yeah, it's definitely a combination of the two, I think, for me. I mean, sometimes they talk about a hot topic that I like, or not even a hot topic, just whatever they have found in the news. That I I just tune out because I'm just not interested. I, I think I did that with that painting thing last week. I remember I was like, wait, what are they talking? Or whatever, you know, when the guy was saying he didn't paint that thing. It bored me to tears. Yeah. And it's fine. It was, it just was just background noise at that point to me. Yeah, there are usually a couple times a week where uh, even though I've got like, my notes in front of me that I'm supposed to be typing into. Like, uh, like, wait, you know, what did they say? I'm like clicking over, looking at like dog pictures. <laughs> um, all right. On to, so <laughs> this was actually kind of a funny little, like capturing Luke at his, just, you just realize like his true feelings or just him realizing something. 
they talk about their Thrive meeting, or Andrew talks, asks if he did his Thrive meeting, and Luke, you could hear the, like, gears turning in his head that he had forgotten the Thrive meeting. Because he's obsessed with deleting stuff, like Twitter mentions, and now he deletes his meeting, and then just, you know, didn't go to it. <sighs> makes me It makes me crazy, and, it, like, I... No offense, Mike. It's such a male thing to do. Like, I I am so on top of my stuff all the time. And the men that work around me forget everything constantly. And I'm just cleaning up after them all the time. Well, this particular thing sort of a weird combination of him being forgetful or and him trying to keep things tight, I think. <laughs> it's true. Um, I, I'm often rooting against not just Luke, but, but people... <laughs> like that who try to like skate by and yeah. not not do their stuff I, i'm often rooting for them to get caught you know like like a person going through the 12 item aisle and they got like 20 items <laughs> once like, in my life i like to see them a clerk out, just, them out. <laughs> just gather up their stuff put it in a basket and give it back to them you know like the line police comes and says excuse me sir i need to inspect <laughs> right. your basket you get pulled over. Oh man, you're way over. I mean, you, if you if it would have been fourteen or fifteen items, I could have let you go. But we're going to write you up on this. Well, I think that's very human to just want to see other people get their just desserts. Yeah. I mean, I spend so much time following the rules. Yes. I am yeah. and Andrew that it just gets frustrating when other people don't have to and don't seem to pay the consequences. Yeah. And of course, this worked out as well as it possibly could for Luke. Since it's his boss's second to last day, it's not like he's going to get in trouble. No. Yeah. It's like that that story I told you guys about the guy who blew through the railroad uh, mm -hmm. stop signs. Everyone, everyone in their cars was like, yes, get that bastard. <laughs> No, I mean, this is just his, you know, it's, I love Luke, but this is just, it's just, he can get away with it, you yeah. know, and he comes up with a charming excuse or whatever, and it just kind of works out, but oh, makes me so mad. And I almost wonder at this point if he's a little bit proud. Oh, for sure. This, mm -hmm. That he, maybe that he can get away with it, that, you know, these things, paperwork is not important to him. He's focused on higher things. <laughs> yeah. He's like an ideas guy. I hate ideas people. And when they're just like, let's talk, let's just do this crazy thing. And everybody else has to scramble to make it work. Right. Yeah. I don't like those people. I know they yeah. have to exist, but. I used to have a boss that had like uh, 30 windows open on his computer. And 28 <laughs> of them were terrible ideas that I had to go execute. <laughs> uh, anyway, so really the hot topic for today was who is high school bud? I wish we could have like the, um, what was that show? Oh shoot. What was that show in the like eighties and nineties mystery unsolved mysteries. I wish we could uh -huh. have that music right. playing in the background. Cause is it Luke? Is it Mike? Who is it? <laughs> now, uh, there's no way it's Luke because, uh, Luke's pretty bad at Twitter. He's terrible at Twitter. <laughs> Cause he overthinks it. And these are just the, the high school bud. These are, not these are not carefully curated jokes these are <laughs> really funny notions that came to somebody in a moment and they just threw it out there and i love it i i i can see where they think it might have some element of my voice but i don't do i don't do characters i doesn't never curse me to a character yeah but i love it it's so <laughs> great i love that's why 
I was wondering if it's Derek Erdman. Mm. Oh, it Being, doesn't. He's a little we too all quirky, know he, though. I know, but he can do characters. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be someone in the universe, like it's, of TBTL. I could. I there. I looked. I did some looking at his account, and I had some ideas, and then I stopped myself because I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I could I could just ask him or her, and and he he or she might tell me because I think they're a TBTL fan. But I it just after a few minutes, I was like, I don't want to know. This is too good. <laughs> so I don't want to ruin it for myself or anyone else. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is really, really funny, though. It's a, yeah. it's a good one. There are a lot of clues in that Twitter profile that I could follow up on. A lot of clues. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Show yourself. <laughs> if, if he or she wants to show him or herself... That's great, but I'm I won't be the one to pull the covers. My favorite though is how, how mad Andrew was when he thought it might be you. Right, right. Because <laughs> right, he thought the guy was so funny and then he would have to admit that I was funny and he did not he wasn't prepared no. to do that. <laughs> right. That's yeah, sure. that was a great I thought it's the first time I've been mentioned in a in a drop that uh Lynn Pham has pulled. Thank you, Lynn. That was amazing. I feel like I finally made it. You're a star. Yes. Um uh, then they, uh, after high school bud talk, deep high school bud talk, they talk about the DNC um, and the Sarah Silverman, you know, having to kind of deal with the crowd of the first night of the DNC and how that's like their biggest fear, biggest nightmare, having to kind of change course and deal with that. I thought she did a great job. I mean, you know, she's been pretty outspoken for Bernie. I follow her on Twitter and I thought she did a good job. Yeah, she said what what every reasonable person Relax. was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you guys are being ridiculous. Yeah. Just this is Stop. embarrassing. Stop You're it! You're fighting the wrong person on this, right? Uh, I know that's one of the things that I've always thought about. Let's just say liberals. Yes, is that they Ugh. they fight amongst themselves too much, and it clouds it's, the issues way too much. Yes. If if a person is not exactly perfectly in line and meeting every single expectation, if they use the wrong terminology or they feel differently, they're dead to you. And the Republicans never do that. They get a candidate and they are on board. And that's why this Trump thing is tearing them apart because yeah. they yes. have to be on board. Yeah, that's true. If if Trump were the liberal candidate, they, they, that would not fly. No. Nope. You know, there would be so much discord. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and I, I follow because I'm, I don't know, I'm punishing myself. I like hate follow some conservatives on Twitter and I follow Megan McCain, who's uh, John McCain's daughter. And she is like tying herself up and not, she's not a Trump supporter, but you can just mm -hmm. tell it's like eating her alive. Like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that about the liberals. I mean, I'm, you know, dying. The, I, and bleeding heart but it's like oh guys come on this is not we have to unite somehow yeah um and i i thought she did a good job because the rest of the i mean not to get too political i thought the rest of the convention was really good there were some really good speeches and it seemed a little bit more united and you know it was not uh scott bayo focused so that was sort of a nice change <laughs> yeah, the Wait, contrast between the caliber of oh people is just amazing oh alicia keys uh dr laura <laughs> Yeah. Meryl Streep, Scott Bayo. I have a quick Scott Bayo story. So when I lived in Los Angeles for five years, 
And after work one day, my girlfriend and I went to this restaurant um, or this bar to go get a drink. And Scott Bayo came up and sat at the bar next to us. And this is like in 2006 or something like that. This was before he sort of had like kind of a resurgence. Anyway, he um, sat next to us. I think we fought about baseball or something because he's a Yankees fan. And I was like, whatever, you guys suck. Um, <laughs> he was gross and a total D-bag. And then we're like finishing up and he said, oh, I forgot my wallet. Can you pay for my drink? Oh, God. Get out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, he he had this big call at the RNC like, America's not a place where you can ask for handouts. I'm like, you did, though, in 2006. Oh, man. Yeah, so he's gross. That's um, a, that's a I power think out I, on that I story. I think I probably did pay for it because I was stupid in, in my 20s. And I'm like, Chachi, mm-hmm. Charles. Oh. But, um, but yeah, he's, he's gross. Mm-hmm. Now I hate him even more. As you should. Because he cannot pay for a $9 drink at someplace in the valley. Anyway, that's that's my brush with fame. Um, so, and then I, they well, did I saw laugh. Michael Jordan's penis. <laughs> you guys, we're just surrounded by... <laughs> Mike, you win. <laughs> you totally <laughs> win. You totally win. Um, they did talk a little bit. The only other thing they talked about, Bernard Sanders, and how it's funny to think of him as being a Bernard. And it is sort of funny, because he's such a... a sh- I mean, he, schlub, I know it's sort of offensive, but that's just kind of what he is. Mm-hmm. He's not he's a crazy hair professor. Short Larry David. Yeah. yeah, he reminds me of, you know, my father-in-law, sort of, just like this kind of nice guy, but sort of is like, ah! Um, that that made me laugh. And then they, they, I think the top story that day was the USA Freedom Kid talk about how this sort of stage dad um, had his kids, or whatever, this group of girls uh, dance at one of Trump's uh, events, and then I guess the Trump team kind of wanted him to come out, but then he would, and they didn't want to pay him for it. I mean, it just basically showed that the Trump campaign is a shit show, um, and you know, this guy kind of bought in, and it bit him in the ass. Yeah, they I, apparently they don't have any money either. No, I mean, nobody's, you know, I guess his fake billions of dollars they have that, but I don't think anybody's donating to it. Yeah. Um, but I did, I actually did sort of feel, I totally am like, if my daughter would cooperate more, I'm like, in my heart of hearts, I know I'm a stage mom. I'm like, perform, smile for me. But Dave always says, like, don't, don't push her. Look at all the, look at Lindsay Lohan. It never works out well. Mm-hmm. She's amazingly cute. You could probably, she's pretty probably cute. make a star out of her. I know, but you know, I know. I'm like, make money for me. All you do now is take money from me. Why don't you make money uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 a dark part of my heart that I kind of want her to be famous. Yeah. Mm. Um, then there was an email. There was more '90s clothes talk. Um, just kind of how we were saying that Andrew was wrong. It was, you know, that the '90s were not the first time we were looking back. The '70s were obsessed with the '50s. Speaking of Chachi, I mean, the '70s really were all it was was happy days. It was like look at how great the mm-hmm. '50s were. Um, and I think that was kind of reflected in clothes as well yeah i was a sucker for all those shows in the oh 70s. yeah Almost yeah you and dave could have a long combo about <laughs> happy days yeah and i mean now you see it and there's just nothing there it's just a, it's such so a waste funny. of time to watch all that stuff <laughs> but i was happy to watch it i watched yeah. it in the 80s because we were living in europe and the um, <laughs> english tv channels were 10 to 15 mm. years behind so i saw all the happy days and 
chips and all mm. the 70s TV shows. <laughs> Look at this new American show. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that stuff was total garbage, but no, it does. I mean, you always are looking back like 22 decades, I think. It's kind of the, it seems to be the deal, especially now since we have so much media about them. It, it You know, you can look back and it seems new again. I mean, listen, I never, the 90s were garbage time. And my niece, who's 16, regularly wears like chokers. Uh, oh, God. I mean, all the stuff that I wore. So it's just, it's, it's, gonna, it's cyclical. It comes back around. There's only limited ideas in the world. Things come back around. As a dog returns to his vomit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we go back to the picnic. Um, the cues don't have to bring anything because, you know, what, what cues are out there? Uh, they do realize Quins. their mistake. But yeah, cues don't have to bring anything. Yeah, so I'm in favor of that. I, well, I would say half the alphabet shouldn't bring anything. <laughs> this year, A through L is, has the year off. It's not a bad idea, actually. Um, and then we go to the ALS ice bucket challenge, and it actually did a good thing, which is great. I'm really happy about it. It's awesome. I was like the guys. It just like. Made my eyes roll so far. I couldn't. I got tagged twice, and I was like, "I no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, it's I not got, happening." I got tagged too, and and I was just like, "No, this is just some look at me bullshit." Yep. And no. Yep. Thank you. If, well, I still don't understand how the money was raised. I don't either. Because there weren't. There was no pledges. It's not like people pledge to you. If you pledge, I will dump the bucket of water on myself. It was, I'm going to dump the bucket of water on myself and then give a hundred bucks. Right. I think, yeah, or I, then it was like, I, if you didn't do it, then you were supposed to give $20 yeah, or something. I think it was if you didn't do it, you're supposed to. And and I didn't do either because I'm not about that. Look at me bullshit. <laughs> I guess that the, all three of us owe the ALS people some money then because none of us did our challenges. No, they got through. They got their cure. They're good. Yeah. We, they don't yeah. need our money. <laughs> And I feel bad, you know, it's a terrible, terrible disease. I just couldn't. It, I it just, it, I remember there was one time where I was going through my Facebook stream and it was just every single one was somebody doing it. I'm like, stop. I can't. This is madness. Yeah. If you're going to do some look at me stuff, show some talent. Don't just dump <laughs> some water on yourself. You know, let's see what you can do. So, yeah, I think the guys felt sort of bad, kind of maybe how we do. It is still BS, though. Um, there was some more Amy Grant talk because it was this week and it was all about Amy Grant. Um, Asia, I believe her name was, she wrote in about how she learned who Mario Andretti was because of one of Amy Grant's songs. <laughs> and I enjoyed them listening to that. Um, my quick little story about Amy Grant is my mom is really not religious. Like, she's the opposite of Susie Burbank. I, you know, I grew up in Dallas in sort of a religious town, but... I, we, I mean, I went to church a little bit because it was like the thing that everybody did, but we, my mom was not religious and she would not let me buy an Amy Grant tape. The only one she would let me buy when I was like in second grade was that uh, Peter Cetera, Amy Grant, like <laughs> duet because it was not religious. And I just pined over, I wanted all of it. But then, but then in the, when I was in sixth grade, she, she came out with her, her crossover. So I was a big fan at the time. So your mom was comfortable that because Amy was rejecting her religion. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I love your mom. I know. My mom was the opposite mom. But yeah, the um, the thing that I found the most interesting about that email, and the guys pointed it out, is that Asia's dad dated her kindergarten <laughs> teacher. 
<laughs> that was uncomfortable. How did yeah. that happen? Uh, well, <laughs> teachers are cute. What's a dad do? Heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, kindergarten cute. teachers. Kindergarten teachers are usually really young and yes. sweet, or they're like the the old older matronly types. Yep. Well, I assume it was one of the young, cute ones you dated. Speaking of cute teachers, that that um, video that you sent us, Hillary, um, <laughs> I was marveling over how many good-looking girls and, and guys there were at your school, and then a teacher popped up, and I was like, "Oh, she's cute too." And and that at that point, Emily had had it. She she's looking enough. Bad enough, you're perving on you know. <laughs> 16 year old girls from 1996 now now you're perving on teachers that are inappropriately still inappropriately young for you i said but this lady's probably in her 50s by she now. probably is it's been 20 years if she was right. 30 right she's right there yeah oh poor emily <laughs> all <Jude> right <faced. laughs> on to on to thursday 2173 thriving with nelson uh luke is eating sausages for about the first 15 minutes <laughs> Of the show, which makes some people really angry. I I don't like it. it. Doesn't make me as angry as other people, but I don't like it. it I feel like you have um, twenty two and a half hours in the day to eat sausages that aren't when you're recording the show. Uh, and Andrew spends a lot of time explaining why he changed the opening to something not about turds. Meanwhile, saying turds over and over and over again. Then he congratulates himself on his improv and pretending like he heard what Luke said on Wednesday's show when the when the when it went all robot-y Oh my gosh. On him. We deal with that quite a bit on this show. I think sometimes when Phyllis is on, um this the service that we use goes robot-y and we we do get to hear what she says, but it catches up like really fast speeds up. Well, and it reminded me of when Jen was still trying to really be like a daily part of the show. Mm. And she, I guess they did Skype at the time. Yeah. Crazy Mm -hmm. to think about. And she then came into the studio and said like 50% of the time, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And and you do like, sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, uh, Phyllis, that was probably a great story, but I only heard like two thirds of it and then had to react to what I actually heard and maybe what I think I was going to hear or whatever. Um, well, the tape th- that Andrew played was pretty, really bad. It was really pretty bad. bad. Yeah, that was worse than, than anything that we would probably, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't stop down, but mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like it, he felt like it got out seamlessly, but, but Luke admitted that his feelings were hurt, that he wasn't getting the love. <laughs> course in the moment because he's probably and i love that he i think he genuinely remembered like that was a you know pretty good spoof i can't believe he's not laughing like i think that it (laughs) imprinted on him that he didn't laugh right yeah it did make an impression he probably asked about it and that's why andrew had to produce the tape (laughs) prove he didn't hear it there was a lot of tech talk i'm sure jeremy was just rolling in in Thursday's show. Did you guys have anything to say about all this tech talk? And you're getting to be a tech person now. No, I don't know anything about tech. Ethernet. You're getting there. Yeah. But I don't know what any of it means. They can talk about minis to minis and whatever for hours. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. Uh, there was some talk about uh, J.P. Patches, the clown that used to do the morning show in Seattle, and Gertrude, which was a cross-dressing uh, so. man, long blonde hair, uh, and what their relationship 
was they were together for many many years but i think jp patches still just called him gertrude my girlfriend or said he was dating uh gertrude oh like andrew and Jeff. Say- <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm dating we're just dating um there's talk of a lot of talk of murphy beds i never saw one in person i don't think so either i've Hillary seen one like once there First of all, they are shockingly expensive. Like when you, you're like, yes, oh, they cool, are. and uh, you think of them as being a part of someplace that's small, and you have to save space. So it's probably less expensive. They're really expensive. Um, well, they scare me, sort of. So I try to stay away from them. I, I think there's, uh, to me, there's nothing that there's a bigger ratio of exciting to sad is like when you're a kid, you think like a Murphy bed, that's so cool. That's exciting. I wish I had one of those. And then like when you're an adult and you're forced into a situation where a Murphy bed might come into play, you're like, Jesus Christ, what have, what have I become? I'm, I'm living in 250 square feet. You know? Yeah. I don't, I, the thought of like, a, I just always thought it was going to spring back and I would be stuck in it. Nobody would know that I was there. Right. Where's Hillary? I don't know. Help! Uh, that led to a claustrophobia discussion. Andrew, and I, I'm sort of the same way. I'm getting a little more claustrophobic as I age, and I have more fear of heights as well. But um, they, they talk about a fear of handcuffs, which I don't think either one of them really has to worry about as white males in there. <laughs> no. They got the golden ticket. Yeah, they're not going to have to worry about them. But um, I do have a handcuff story. Yes. I thought you um, might. <laughs> uh, I may have told it on takedown, but I don't think I told it here. Um, th- th- I had to go to uh, courts, I think three or four times. And it's the federal marshals who take you to court. And they, um, you get uh, shackled. You get your, your ankles and your wrist um, shackled together. And, you know, so you just, you know, you do a little shuffle along. And this was the last time I was going to court. It was for my sentencing. And uh, they had me all shackled up and, and I was on my way up to court. And I, at this point, I knew the marshals. I was friendly with these guys, you know, because you don't want them to like cuff you too hard or whatever, you know, just like the guys were talking about. So you just, you be real cooperative and you be white and, you know, the, the, <laughs> they won't be too hard on you. And the day of, of my sentencing, the the King County Courthouse was full of students that were all there on some, you know, probably American government or whatever they call it, civics field trip or something, you know, see how, see how the wheels of justice turn or something. And um, one of the, one of the uh, marshals I knew from, like a couple different times before. And the other guy was a new guy and he was getting trained and he's the one who put the handcuffs and the ankle cuffs on me. And I'm shuffling down the hall and I'm the show now because I'm in my, my uh, prison red jumpsuit, you know, and uh, all the kids are looking at me and I, cause I'm, I'm going down toward my, my courtroom and one of my ankle things just comes off. And it's just dragging on the ground. And the, the I have a marshal on either side of me and they don't see it. But all the kids see it. <laughs> <laughs> and some faces turned white and people are pointing and eyes are big. And and, and I say to the uh, marshal that I know next to me, I said, hey, uh, my, my ankle uh, cuff just came off. And he looks down and he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they pull me into an empty courtroom. 
and he fixes it and shows the fella where he made his mistake. And and we went back out and the kids seemed a little calmer, you know. I, I think they thought I was going to make my break for it. I think they... <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I never really was cuffed too uncomfortably. Um, again, I'm a white fella. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I didn't have the experience that some other people get. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I have no fear of handcuffs. I fear no reprisals anymore. <laughs> Um, let's see what else we got for today. Uh, Nelson, he's not a hugger. Apparently (laughs) who knew (laughs) he seems like such a, such a warm guy. Yeah. Uh, and that picture of his, that's the show picture for Thursday. I mean, he frowns in all his Twitter pictures, which I, you know, I'm always like, why are you frowning all the time? But then when I saw him smile, I was like, yeah, oh. maybe stick with the frown because you you look like a school shooter with that smile. He looks like he would uh, have have his AR over over his shoulder walking. It's a big job he's getting though. It's I'm amazing. It's no a, it does seem like a big step up. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a, a stepping stone. It seems like no. a big step up. So no, for sure. Good for him, um, and he'll never be on the show again, which would be fine. Fine with me. <laughs> But it did spur a lot of memories about their APM negotiations, which were, there was a lot of honest talk and sincere stuff between the guys, which was really, you know, fun to get a peek into. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, Luke feared Andrew quitting and Andrew feared quitting before the show hit it with APM. <laughs> so I, I, I could sense that back in the day, like... Luke just kept having Andrew on when Andrew was not the most useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, he's got to be dragging him to some finish line here. This has got to be like, you know, where where Jesus carried Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that job did sound stressful, man. It's yeah. just, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it, Andrew's organized and can do all that, but it's so much pressure and it's a live show. You know, the, yeah. it's a news-heavy show, and but you're having to book guests as well, so things change all the time. It really, it did sound. I mean, I, do you remember when he would feel bad about going to doctor's appointments? Because yes, I'm like, oh, this is making me panicky. Like, I know it's gr- a great resume show, but it just like doesn't seem like it's really worth it. Mm-hmm. I think that was the point at which I felt like I I crossed over into like a little weird involvement because I was actually really worried yeah. about Andrew, yeah. yes. about somebody that I had never met yeah. at right. that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just really concerned that he needed more work-life balance. And that was a yeah. bad situation for him. I felt the same way until he did his taxes <laughs> on the air. Then, then I was mad, but I got, I got over that. And that, I mean, I, I, you know, having lived in Los Angeles, that commute is brutal. And mm-hmm. it just, I mean, it's nobody's happy. My favorite joke of the week was when Luke said that Lynn Rosetta Casper was 14 <laughs> beats away from <laughs> taking Garrison Keillor's <laughs> job. Oh. oh, God. I often say uh, Lynn Rosetta Casper is my favorite Irish uh, host. Um,. There's an email uh, about letting blind people open their own doors. 
Um, apparently everyone's really upset about people opening doors this week. So <laughs> let them open their doors. I kind of see it with the blind people because they just want it. They just want the situation to be the same. Yeah. Every time they don't want any <laughs> variation in what's going on because any variation means them crashing into something. So yes. And the point about if you open the door for them, don't do it silently. Let <laughs> right. Them know. Right. Say, I'm opening just the door say, here for you. I got here the door. I am. <laughs> yeah. Revolving doors are complete BS. It just seems like a great way to break an arm or hurt a kid or something. They're the worst. They're the worst. I think as a kid, maybe I liked them a little bit because it was like sort of fun. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to get caught. Right. A and your parents probably, be... you know, when you're doing all that nonsense, your parents are probably, oh, my kid, we're going to end up in the emergency room. <laughs> no. My stupid kid loves this revolving door. Well, when you're a kid, it's a bit of a triumph because <laughs> there's some coordination yeah. involved. Like Strength. getting on and off the escalator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say that while revolving doors are bullshit, roundabouts are amazing, and people, especially in neighborhood association, um, next door communities uh, online, are scared of them because they don't know how to drive, <laughs> so they need to shut the fuck up and let them put the roundabouts in. This is a big discussion in the Butler household because roundabouts are a way of life in Boston, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and not in Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas is a grid situation. Yeah. Um, so I did not learn how to drive in a roundabout. So I don't know who gets the right of way. <laughs> <laughs> You'll figure it out. Believe me. Is that what Dave tells you? You'll figure it out. You'll figure it. It's fine. Whatever. Dave doesn't know which direction is north, south, east, or west. So we, we even ended up in this household. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, roundabouts are terrific. They're way more efficient. Um, people are just scared of them, and that's why they fight against them. <laughs> Um, that's all I have for a Thursday. Who's, who's got Friday? Well, I think maybe we're going to kind of tag team on it. Cause this was not anybody's favorite day of the week. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Fridays are great. Song of the summer. Not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start it off. Luke was in Las Vegas because of a flight cancellation, which I feel like everybody I know's flight is getting canceled. I guess the Southwest staff really screwed everybody up, but, um, so he's on his way to Houston, but he's stuck in Las Vegas. For more uh, cup stacking. For more cup stacking. I think this was God's way of saying enough with the cup stacking. <laughs> um, I haven't even seen any of the stories, but I'm already bored to death with cup stacking. It's just how long can you go? Unless there's some kid he's covering that just has some great like human interest story. That's the only thing I can think. Yeah, Does some, he have cancer and then he triumphed and now it's cup that stacking? That deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure could <laughs> stack some cups. Um, so I, I guess I, I, Las Vegas seems like a strange place to be stranded, but I guess if he's flying straight from Bellingham, that just happened to be, that's where he got stranded. Um, but it seems like he's pretty set up at the Mandarin. Jeez Louise. And it did give him a chance to, uh, reprise his thunder from down under (laughs) story from Vegas and how he was disappointed because he didn't actually get to see any full-on nudity from the thunder. (laughs) What it sounds like to me is that they want to, uh, like, there may be a law preventing the actual showing of a penis, so they would just turn off the lights at that exact moment or something. Because why not? Well, it does seem weird, though, to have a big crowd and someone just throwing a (laughs) penis out. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the coming down on uh, Yeah, the, you know, the, I don't know about in Las Vegas, but um, this, like, I beg, strangely know some strip club, law, strip club laws because 
to, I went to college in Memphis <clears throat> and all of the, most of the strip clubs, the lady strip clubs, like the ones where ladies get undressed, uh, were topless and bottomless, but it was BYOB. Like, I think they sold beer, but mm-hmm. you couldn't sell liquor. You could bring your own liquor. <laughs> I don't, don't ask me why I know this, but you could bring your own liquor. But I, so I think if you're showing like everything, uh, you can't also sell liquor at the same time. Yeah, so maybe there's that's so like, many weird laws yeah. about, about those things. So I, I think there has to be something there because I think they know everyone's there to see the thunder. So <laughs> why wouldn't you show it if you could show it? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, in, yeah, we're getting, we're getting too levels deep of deep weirdness. <laughs> yes, I'd just like to say that my favorite part was how the the MC kept yelling, "It's package grabbing time!" <laughs> right. I, but they must have meant for the audience because they weren't letting anyone. You know, like it's time to grab your own because they weren't letting anyone grab the 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 thunder <laughs> down under right i think more research is needed <laughs> no mm, thanks mike nope <laughs> not this reporter there is a libert in dallas i think still so we're gonna go check it out mm, yeah i don't think there are any male entertainments uh, around austin you know we have we have the famous landing strip oh uh, yes from friday night lights <laughs> I'm sure Christy will want to go to when she gets here. Yellow Rose. Um, mm-hmm. So then Luke talks about how he's not like going crazy at uh, in Las Vegas because he's just you know has a brief layover. But he did he did raid the snack bar and ate two cans of Pringles. Woo! I, I just I want to know since when is two small cans of Pringles going crazy <laughs> at the snack bar? Well, there's a lot of carbs. There's a lot of carbs in Pringles, so. He's on his low carb grind. I just, that's not going crazy though. It kind of gives me, I'm not that cheap, but my dad really like, he was real cheap and, and the snack bar was like a a bridge too far. We could not raid the snack bar at all. And I'm like, well, don't do it. Yeah. It it offends me as a cheap person. Yeah. As -hmm. well. Yeah. He's, he, Luke is a, spends his money on strange things. He doesn't spend his money on things and then spends it on, you know, $20 on Pringles. Do either one of you think we're ever going to hear another word about this push-up challenge? <laughs> Ooh. Jen's not there, so... Luke's going to be on vacation for two weeks. Yeah. hmm Andrew is probably stressed out to the max about hosting the show. Yeah. hmm No. I just, I think, I, I'm very dubious we'll ever hear about well, this. Well, and there's just not, like, a record taker besides you know maybe us but there's not somebody who's keeping tracks so oh that's no true way. there are probably there are a lot of list fitness type listeners yeah that anytime they talk about fitness get all crazy like everyone's like what type of push-up where are we? you know it's like oh god here we go well maybe if a bunch of tens get on this yeah. wagon too and say i'm gonna do the push-up challenge along with you guys right. it would force them to do it it would, it's all going to have to be through Facebook pressure on Andrew, mm-hmm. which we know we love. We love it when people just tag him and put pressure on him. <laughs> Where is Nikki with two Ks? Is she still a listener? Where is she? I don't think Does she's it, a listener. Did, didn't she participate in the? Oh yeah. Oh no 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 no. She didn't. That was before. Oh okay. That, okay. That was she. She had a push up contest with Sean. They, the push up right, challenge right, was, right. was a couple years later, a year that's or two right. later, maybe. That's right. Um. What else happened on Friday? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my favorite thing, the thing that I look forward to all year, Song of the Summer conversations. All right. 
Sorry. We settled our on our final 16, our savory 16. Okay, well, let's go through them all right here. <laughs> Play clips. Um, I don't seem to have written anything down. I can sing one of them. I, in fact, I sang one of them earlier, but yep. I think it's been withdrawn. <laughs> uh, should we tell well, that story? Well, the one thing I want to say first is that I was thinking about... Uh, our last LRB episode, The Summer Jams with oh, Bobby yeah. and Meredith and the Stewbot. And if people haven't listened to that, you should go back and do it because it was really enjoyable. And I don't, I'm not that much of a music person. Like it takes me a long time and a lot of listens before I start to like things. But I was surprised at how much I enjoyed that show and how I really got into it. And I was like, so what is the difference between that and Song of the Summer? And because I think with The Summer Jams, they said, hey, here's a song I like. Here's why I like it. Let's listen to it. And for Song of the Summer, it's here's a song we could consider. And then we spend five minutes listening to Luke go. Eh, kind of sounds like Arctic Monkeys. But eh, is it a song? I don't care who it sounds like. Is it a song of the summer? Right. So that t- sort of robs the joy, I think, when we have to analyze them yeah. like that and say why they don't measure up. Mm-hmm. Once again, we're a superior show. <laughs> and it's like, guys, you're 40. Like, don't, I don't want to hear two 40 year old white guys like that. Mm, that sounds like, you know, yeah. insert. Yeah. Yes. So, and you, you don't work for Rolling Stone. No. So it's not necessary to do this. Just say, hey, we really like this. Here you go. So the one song that everyone could agree on that, that we liked and, and it was a jam and, um, I shortly after the show posted on the Stens page to try to rally support behind was a submission of one Phyllis Fletcher, our very own Phyllis Fletcher. It was held to the no uh, by Bishop Bullwinkle. And I guess upon very, very careful listening, which I thought I'd listened pretty carefully to it, he says uh, bull dykes and faggots at some point during the song. So... Uh, Phyllis has withdrawn. I, <laughs> Phyllis has withdrawn the song. Um, vehemently. She has vehemently <laughs> withdrawn the song. Andrew has re-edited the Friday show to eliminate it. I'm going to go check on that. But Really? I did not know that. That's what I've been told. And Yes, Phyllis said that Andrew actually called her. Was it yesterday or the day before? Like she texted him immediately and said, I withdraw this. And then he called her back to talk to her about it and saying that he was like trying to put out fires and personally apologize to everybody that could have heard this. So poor Andrew. Right. I I may have hampered his efforts because I was I was working yesterday, so I didn't have time to really do an investigation. And as soon as I, I found out from Phyllis that this supposedly was said during the song, I took down my post from the Stens page. And I think Andrew was looking for that because there was, I guess there was some discussion there that I didn't read. And he was probably looking for those people that had been offended, but I'd already made that disappear. So I'm sorry <laughs> for that. But my reaction when I, when someone has been offended is to remove Remove it. Yeah. So that was interesting. It was a very fun song, except for that. Except one for that thing. one thing. <laughs> I, I think it, I think that song, for the most part, really captured how most of us are feeling about the summer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, the summer. only good thing I can, is that we do have the, the 
savory 16 that it's bracket it's you know bracketology mm-hmm. um because before when it was just kind of a little a big old mess of just voting and yeah. just it, that was a mess. I I really the only time I really enjoyed it is when David Burbank ran it because he would just kind of have like a correspondence deal and it was a weekly update and it was sort of fun and he's young and kind of gets it. I mm-hmm. I know that he's busy and he's doing other things, but I'm like, can't he just do it again? Well, and they always had to get it done before his lunch break at TJ <laughs> exactly. Maxx was over. Exactly. Well, I have already submitted to Andrew a substitute song. Uh, Key is my neck, my back. So I'm hoping that that is going to, you know, make it make it as the song of the summer because I I couldn't I couldn't cotton to Justin Timberlake or someone like that getting the getting the honor. Um, any any other discussion for Friday? Is there anything that we missed? I mean, they vaguely mentioned that Luke's going to be out. At the the timeline is odd. I don't really understand it. I don't know where he's going. I don't know how long he's going to be gone. But it seems like there's going to be some fun. Uh, subs in. I think maybe they mentioned Phyllis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's always interesting. Sometimes it's not as great, but sometimes it's sort of fun to mix it up a little bit. I think you get better Andrew a lot of yes. the time. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I, I just Luke think he shines back. a little more when Luke's not there. Yeah. But but when Luke comes back, I'm always so happy. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, buddy. Yeah. Right. Nice to hear you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Come back and discipline Andrew for all the bad things. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we go to housekeeping? Absolutely. Um, first of all, I would like to thank Naomi Hilliard, who made a generous donation to us. And in fact, that's going to help us out of a few jams. <laughs> thank you, Naomi. Yeah. We're always getting in these jams. Please yes. help us. <laughs> We're going to work on that. Yeah. But if you too would like to help us out of some jams, there is a donate button on our website. Also, very easily, you can use our Amazon affiliate link to do your Amazon shopping and kick us some tiny, teeny fractions of cents. We should actually, um, when we get a summary, we should report exactly how much money we've made from our fractional donation. Absolutely. I would find it interesting. I I think it's Jeremy who who gets that information. $6.14. That would be awesome. Of course, he just just spent a bunch of money on an elaborate wedding. So I'm sure all this money is going right into his pocket. Right. <laughs> you could also highlight like the most interesting. You don't have to name the person, but highlight the most interesting interesting thing purchased. I wonder if you can find that out. Like, <laughs> yes, you actually can. You you can't find out who purchased Which what, is great. but you you can get a list of the things that were purchased. I listened to another podcast where they actually they will read a list of things that people bought, and so people are going and deliberately buying really weird things through that sure. link just so that they have to read it. Sure. We could do that, too. A Joe Biden body pillow. (laughs) Sign me up. It's on my wish list. (laughs) If you don't choose to help us out financially, that's cool. You can always archive. Uh, Christy has mentioned that her dream is to be current, uh, current on episodes by September 1st. I don't think it's going to happen, but that doesn't mean that we don't try. I'm currently working on an episode for a week from... Uh, February of 2015, so I think I'm doing cleanup, but that means that there's probably quite a few more episodes out there. So everybody, you can do it. Please. And we we also want to mention that the uh, Chateau Saint-Michel picnic, of course, is August 31st. You all have your food assignments now, (laughs) so make sure you do what you're told. And there is a Facebook event. 
uh, organized by tier. So if you would like to get in touch with everybody and see who's going and say that you're going, please take advantage of that. All right, how to get involved? Go to littleredbandwagon.com and submit an episode or a clip that you want to get on and talk about. And then we will talk about your history with the show. Hillary did just that uh, way yeah. back in the day. And look at her now. She's hosting I'm a the star. show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go to our Facebook page. It's wonderful. Um, show Twitter at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. I wish we had more emails. I, I don't I don't get them, I guess. Uh, Christy sends them to me when they're relevant to my interests. But uh, I would love to know, you know, how, what your reactions to our show are. I don't think we get, I think we have a lot of active listenership, but we don't get that many emails as far as I know. Unless- we can take it. You can tell us. We're not Luke and Andrew. <laughs> right, right. I'm annoyed by Mike. He needs to take more weeks off. Um, <laughs> voicemail, 802-432-TVTL, 802-432-8285. Uh, Nerd Out Loud, I've just been listening. I listened last night to the latest Nerd Out Loud where they got some pre-marriage counseling from a friend, Kevin Farewell, and it's a very funny show. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, please listen to that. Kevin's a very funny guy. Um, Hillary, thank you very much thank for taking time for out of your me, childless weekend. Yes. <laughs> it's been amazing. Go take another nap if you can. I have to drive back to Austin. I really am going to squeeze in a nap somewhere between there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Anne, you want to wrap it up? Until next time, this is the next party. Uh, We love you, Jen, and we're glad you showed up to the party. Give us some love, Hillary. You got to give us another nail. But oh, not I'm the sorry. same nail that you gave us last time, because you want to be able to distinguish it when we have a I distinguished super- my nail this. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I nailed it. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs>